You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now, Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the eight-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today. The shadow who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learnt a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, The Case of the Burning Skull. A late afternoon thunderstorm breaks over the city. As the streets empty and everyone runs for cover, two men collide as they dash into the shelter of a small doorway. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's all right. Cranston. Lamont Cranston. Hi, it's Steve Grant. Hello, Steve. Oh, this isn't the strangest coincidence. I haven't seen you for ages, Steve. How's our promising young chemist? Listen, Lamont. The last I heard, you had a great job with the Guild Chemists Alliance. Still with them? Yes. Lamont. Married? Yes. Lamont, listen to me. You won't believe it, but I was on my way over to see you. I'm in trouble. Oh, what's the matter, Steve? I'm going to die. Oh, well, we all are, sooner or later. But we don't all get special announcements. You did? Yes. When? How? It was last night. I haven't been sleeping well lately. been nervous and high-strung. I'm working pretty hard on a new thorium extract. Yes. But about two o'clock this morning, I got up for a drink of water. I went into the bathroom, turned on the tap, and then... Go on. I saw a burning skull staring at me. You what? I hadn't bothered putting on the lights. In the darkness, I saw a hideous burning skull grinning at me, pale and flickering, burning a dull green in the blackness. Yeah? It was a terrible shock. I suppose I must have fainted. When I recovered, it was gone. But I knew... I knew it was a one. Now, look here, Steve. You should realize that the obvious fact of the matter is that you're tired, overworked, possibly headed for a nervous breakdown. It was a presentiment, Lamont, a warning. It was an hallucination. Now, you pay attention to your Uncle Lamont. You want my advice? Oh, yes. Now, here's the address of a friend of mine, Dr. Neil Harrison. He specializes in your kind of case. Too much work and too much imagination. You go and see him at once. Then you don't think that skull... My dear Steve, the most horrible presentiment in the world can be dispelled with bicarbonate of soda and two weeks in the country. I know. time is it, Mrs. Grant? It, it's five o'clock, almost dawn. I know this is an unusual request, Mr. Cranston, but... Anything I... wrong? Yes. With Steve? Yes. What's happened? He's been kidnapped. What? Please come over right away, Mr. Cranston. I can't explain on the telephone. I can't even understand half of what's happened myself. Please come as quickly as you can. I'm desperate. <laughs> 
Mr. Cranston, I'm so glad you're here. I've been half out of my mind with worry. No, no, Mr. Grant. Suppose I come in and you tell me all about it. Yes. Yes, you come in. Please sit down, Mr. Cranston. Ah, thank you. Now, Mrs. Grant, from the beginning. Well, it was about midnight. I'd gone to bed and had been asleep a few hours. Suddenly, I awoke. I'd heard a sound, an awful sound. What was it? It, it was a kind of sobbing. It seemed to come from Steve's bedroom across the hall. What did you do? I got up and went to the door of my room. I opened it. It was dark in the house. In the blackness, I saw... I saw... What? A burning skull. You're sure of that? Yes. Yes. It was just a little distance away. It was coming out of Steve's room, floating in the air. Burned with a green, flickering flame. Oh, it was ghastly. What did you do? I screamed, and I fainted. When I came to, it was gone. I rushed into Steve's room to tell him. Steve was gone, too. I see. All his clothes were still in his room, everything. He hadn't packed and left. It's obvious he was taken away. Taken by that horrible skull. We're going to find Steve, Mrs. Grant. You know, I believe in the existence of murder, burglary, kidnapping, crime, clever criminals. I believe in almost anything. But I don't believe in ghosts. Well, this is a lovely crime to serve me early in the morning, Cranston. What in the blazes do you do? Do you sit up all night working out crazy cases to Murray worry me with? I haven't enough imagination to invent anything like this, Commissioner. Yeah, well, what about you, Miss Lane? Do you believe in this ghost story? I don't know yet. I want to hear the rest of the story. That's all there is to it. First Grant came to me with his story about Burning Skull and then Mrs. Grant. Was it a kidnapping, Lamont? Perhaps. I've gone over Steve's room. All his clothes are there, his shoes, everything. Most important, his passport was there, licenses, checkbook, everything. Mm-hmm. What's that supposed to prove? Nothing much, except the fact that Grant doesn't seem to have walked out of the house voluntarily. A man might think up an ingenious plan like this to leave his wife, but he doesn't leave all his money and papers and important documents behind. Yes, that's right. But what about the sobbing noise Mrs. Grant heard? Well, I couldn't find anything to account for that. So it all boils down to this. A chap disappears. He and his wife tell a crazy yarn about burning skulls, and we're supposed to believe the said skull kidnapped the man. That explanation will do until a better one comes along. Have you a better one, Commissioner? Certainly, I've got a better one. The obvious one. Grant and his wife thought up the scheme between them to defraud the insurance company. He isn't insured. Well, he's trying to get publicity for some crazy invention he's made. He was a research chemist working for the Guild Chemist Alliance. He made no invention, and if he did, it would belong to the Guild Company and not to him. Well, then he... uh, Oh, I don't know. It's beyond me, Cranston. But I'll tell you one thing. I don't believe you or Grant or his wife. I don't believe that Grant saw anything, either of them. And if they did, it wasn't a burning skull. You can think that over for a while. Hello, Weston speaking. Yes? What? What was that? Well, all right, all right. I'm coming right over. What is it, Commissioner? You look startled, to say the least. That phone call has just dropped a bomb into my lap, Miss Lane. Well, now let's have the explosion. Adam Edwards, the broker, has just reported a burglar in his home. Fifteen thousand in cash was stolen. Why, Commissioner, a robbery of that size is no explosion. No? Well, perhaps you'll sing a different song when you know the money was stolen by a burning skull. Uh, suppose you tell us your story, Mr. Edwards. Well, it's quite simple and quite frightening. I was awakened this morning about three o'clock by the sound of somebody moving about in my study. Yes? It's a well-known fact that I keep large sums in cash in the house. I assumed that some ill-advised burglar was trying to relieve me of my money. Why ill-advised? 
I'm a crack shot, Mr. Cranston, and have a license to keep a revolver in the house. I immediately arose, got the gun, and tiptoed towards the study. And then? I opened the door very carefully. I confess I was shocked and frightened. In the darkness, I saw a burning skull hovering over my desk, while burning skeleton hands rifled the drawer. Ah, so now a pair of hands are added to the skull. Pretty soon we get the whole skeleton. Instantly, the skull and hands rushed off through the darkness. I tried to follow. I heard the thing blundering about on the far side of the study. Before I could catch up, it was gone. And so was my money. And that's all. Ah, this is too much for me. What is this, a conspiracy? Are you trying to pull my leg? You don't believe my story, Commissioner? Frankly, no. I see. Come this way, please. Where to? To this large annex on the far side of my study, I have something to show you. You see, I'm an amateur photographer, and I've had this annex fitted up as a darkroom. What's all this mean? Please notice that the annex door is alongside the door leading out of the study. Evidently, the burning skull blundered into the annex first by mistake, and then turned and ran out of the real door. I still don't see what all this has got to do with the skull. I tell you, you've been seeing things. We've been seeing reality. Come into the dark room. Huh? I'm sorry, but this red safety light's all the illumination I can give you. Oh, it's enough, Mr. Edwards. Go ahead. When the intruder came into this room last night, he apparently dislodged one of my unexposed plates and knocked it into the developer tray. Look at this plate, Commissioner. Hmm? Tell me what you see on it. Good heavens. It's, it's a skeleton hand. <laughs> This is a fine thing, Mr. Cranston, a fine thing indeed. Uh, what's worrying you, Margo? What's worrying me? That's the question I've been wanting to ask you. You sit around all day as though it were gloomy Sunday. Yeah, I was thinking... No, I was worrying about the burning skull. Suddenly at 7 o'clock tonight, you announce we're going for a drive. Where? To visit a friend. Why? To pick up a clue on this case. Who's the friend? Dr. Neil Harrison. I sent Steve Grant to see him yesterday afternoon just possible that Steve might have said something to Dr. Harrison that would give us a clue. Then all that worrying, uh, I mean thinking this afternoon, didn't help? No inspiration? It certainly did. But now the fire of inspiration needs a little more coal. To be shoveled on by Lamont Cranston Stoker. No. Lamont Cranston Shadow. Next patient, please. Oh, that's odd. Waiting room's empty. This one, I heard a patient come in. <laughs> Who's that? Your patient, Dr. Harrison. Patient? Where? An invisible patient, Doctor. Oh, this is absurd. It, it's some trick. Who are you? Men call me the Shadow. The Shadow? You've heard of the Shadow, Dr. Harrison. The Shadow seeks only one thing, the truth. The truth? About what? The truth about all things. The truth about Steve Grant. Grant? Oh. Oh, yes. He came to see you yesterday. Yes. Lamont Cranston sent him. You treated him? No, I didn't. Why not? The truth, Dr. Harrison. Yes, I'll tell you the truth. I couldn't treat him. He was... Dr. Harrison! He's dead. Shot by somebody from outside that window. Right here, Margot. Outside this window. Shh. I, I 
heard shots while I was waiting in the car. And yes. I... Someone fired through the window while the shadow was questioning Dr. Harrison. The doctor is dead. Oh. Now, come on. We've got to find that murderer if we can. But it's pitch dark, Lamont. Careful. He must have run off this way. Do you, do you know who killed the doctor? No. But I'm afraid we'll never find out now. Uh, Lamont. Yes, Margot. Running down the street. Way up there, Lamont. Yes, I see it, Margot. It's a a burning skeleton. What is the mystery of the burning skeleton? Listen for exciting developments in part two of tonight's shadow story. Now, back to the shadow. We pick up our story as Commissioner Weston is interviewing Margot and Lamont at police headquarters. Cranston, Cranston, this is the most insane case I've ever heard of. Well, there's nothing insane about it. Harrison was shot dead. The murderer fired through that window. It was a 38 caliber slug that pierced Harrison's heart. What could be more realistic than that? Nothing. Outside of the fact that you claim a glowing skeleton finger pulled the trigger. We saw the skeleton, Commissioner. Oh, I believe you, Miss Lane. Too many people have seen it for me to hold on to the hallucination theory. But I only wish I could see it just once. Uh, Commissioner. Commissioner. Yes, what is it, Muldoon? They've just picked up a message from one of the patrol cars. Yes? They've located the burning skull just break into the Zirkin Jewel Store on High Street. He's in there now. If we rush, we can get over there in time to trap him coming out. Let's hurry, Commissioner. This time it looks like you're going to get your wish. Where is this Zirkin Jewel store? How much further, Muldoon? I'll just sit around the next corner, Commissioner. I only hope we're in time. Yes, I wouldn't want the Commissioner to lose the pleasure of meeting our skeleton friend. Easy, Muldoon, easy. We're not supposed to arrive with the brass band announcing us. Go a little more, then stop. We'll walk the rest of the way. Yes, sir. I can see the police patrol car up ahead. Then the skeleton must still be inside the store. All right, stop here, Muldoon. Yes, sir. Now, come on. And remember, let's keep quiet. This is our big chance to... Oh, Commissioner! Who in blazes are those maniacs? Look, he's coming out. It's the burning skeleton, Commissioner. Good heavens. Well, come on, let's get after him. Where you men? Don't let him get away! shooting wild, Commissioner. Now, I can't blame our call to say it preserve me, but that's a nasty thing to be seen in the dark. He's, he's getting away. Faster. That's uh, no use, Commissioner. We'll never get him. No one will ever get him. Now, don't start any superstitious nonsense, Muldoon. Muldoon's right, Commissioner. The skeleton's finished. We, we couldn't hold him, sir. We did the best we could. He, he got O'Brien. Uh, this is a fine thing. What's the matter with you? Are you a lot of babies afraid of skeletons? All right, then. Let's get back to the Zirkin store and see how much the skeleton got away with this time. Wait. All right, what now? Apparently our thief did not get away with all he took. Who's on the ground there? Lamont, there are three unset diamond brilliants. I've got them. Here you are, Commissioner. Hold. Smoke. What's the matter? Have a close look at these diamonds. Look at the color. Color? They've turned blood red. Lamont. Lamont, stop pacing up and down and listen to me. Got any ideas? Yes, suppose we get some sleep. It's eight o'clock in the morning, Lamont. How much longer are we going to sit here and think? Until I can work out three things. We're not going over all that again, are we? Why was Steve Grant kidnapped? Why was Dr. Harrison murdered? Because they knew something about the burning skeleton. But what? Well, you know the answer to that. You told me yourself. 
It's tied up with a photograph of the skeleton hand and the diamonds that turned red. Why did those diamonds turn red? How was that photograph made? Lamont, let's get some sleep. I'm going home. Only Harrison had taken Grant as a patient. Oh, didn't he? No, he told the shadow he couldn't treat him. Well, what difference does that make? If he'd taken Steve as a patient, he might have left some record of some kind. As it is, his information died with him. Oh, that's the door. I'll answer it. Oh, who in the world could that be so early? Grant, it's Grant. Come in. Oh, Mr. Cranston, I... Ah, now this is Miss Lane. She's working with me on the case. Margot, uh, Mrs. Grant. How do you do, Mrs. Grant? Now, what's wrong, Mrs. Grant? Oh, Mr. Cranston, I'm frightened. Why? The burning skull. What about it? I, I think I'm going to be the next victim. You? Now, what do you mean? I've had warnings. When I put the lights out, objects flame up and glow with a, with a weird green color. Steve's watch, money on his desk, spoons, silver, many things. Heaven. Then last night, I decided I'd sleep in Steve's room. I thought if the burning skull came back, I'd be waiting. Well, did you see it? Did it come back? I didn't see it, but I know it was in the room. How do you know? Look at my arms. Good grief, they're covered with burns. Burns? Look, Lamont, it's as though a skeleton hand had clutched Mrs. Grant. Or the hand of a giant, or, or a mythological god like Thor. Or... What? I said like a... You said Thor? Thor, what an idiot I've been. Steve practically told me the answer to this case when I first met him. What do you mean, Lamont? I mean I know all about the burning skeleton. Come on, Mrs. Grant. We're going to police headquarters right away. Now, just a minute, just a minute. As I said before, don't all talk at once. All right, then. Now, what do you want me to do about Mrs. Grant, Cranston? Here's the idea. You ought to take Mrs. Grant into protective custody. It's to be kept secret. Why? You'll find out soon enough. At six o'clock tonight, I want you to give this news item to the paper. I've written it out for you. Oh, Cranston, break it down a bit, will you? Look, you're making me dizzy. Now, listen, Commissioner. Do you want to get your hands on the burning skeleton? What a question. Then do exactly what I've told you. And what in blazes are you going to do? I'm going to trap the burning skeleton. And now for a resume of the news. In an attempt to protect the wife of Steve Grant, the police have taken Mrs. Grant into protective custody. She's being held under close guard at the old mansion house outside the city. There, in a lonely building set in lonely fields, the widow of Steve Grant wonders about the fate of her husband and the strange burning skeleton that was his doom. Turn it off, Margaret. That's fine. Now, what time is it? Eight o'clock. And our skeleton has known the news for two hours. We'll be here soon. Here at the mansion house? Correct. Under the misapprehension that Mrs. Grant is here, too. But he's only going to find us. Just the two of us. The three of us? You're forgetting the shadow. Oh, but look here, shouldn't you be the shadow now? Suppose our burning skeleton walks in unexpectedly. He can't. We'll have plenty of warning of his coming. I've run a circuit of electricity in a circle around the field surrounding this house. But how will that warn us? There are four concentric rings circling this house, Margot. Each is made of a single wire carrying enough current to signal when the stellar skeleton steps over. We'll hear the signals on this electroscope connected with the circuits. But wouldn't any person crossing those circuits cause the signal to sound? Not any person, Margot. Just our friend. Why? Because of the peculiar constitution of his body. You see, he... Just a minute. That's the electroscope. The skeleton? Yes. He's inside the outermost circuit. He's inside the second circuit. He's inside the third. Now, you know what you have to do? I'm to put out the lights and hide in the cupboard beside the switch. Right. When the skeleton gets into this room, the electroscope signals will reach a peak. They'll then cut off automatically. Then I'm supposed to switch on the lights again. 
He's inside the fourth circuit. Now hurry, Margot. No, Margot. Don't I... argue. This man is dangerous. Put out the lights. Right. Into the cupboard. Stand by. What's that? Who's there? Don't move. <laughs> Good evening, Steve Grant. Who's that? The shadow. Shadow? I can't see you. No man sees the shadow, but all men see you, skeleton. You know shadow. The shadow knows everything. You were a foolish man, Grant. A fool. I was desperate. When Dr. Harrison told me I'd caught radium poisoning, that the sulfur in my blood and bones, that there was no cure, that there was death waiting two months off... You sought to revenge yourself on the world. No, no, I thought only of my wife. She had nothing. There was no money, no insurance, nothing... I had to raise something for her. I couldn't leave her penniless. You had no right to rob. There was no other way to raise money. You had no right to murder. There was no other way to keep my secret. I couldn't let her discover her husband was a thief. She'd never have kept the money I was raising for her. You were insane. I was desperate. Oh, for heaven's sake, you can't betray me. The shadow seeks justice. Justice. There will be justice for your wife. There must be justice for those you have robbed and those you have killed. No. Now, listen, I'm going to die anyway. I'll pay for the deaths, pay with my own. There must be justice, Grant. You'll never take me. I warn you, I've killed before. I'm not afraid to kill now. You're mad, Grant. You must pay in full. No! <laughs> How can you kill an invisible shadow? Whatever you are, I'll kill you. <laughs> kill a shadow with what? Not now, perhaps, but another time. I'm powerful, Shadow, as powerful as you. These burning salts in my bone and flesh give me a power no man has ever realized before. I'll return for you soon. You will never leave. Try and stop me. You can't escape the Shadow, Grant. Try and stop me. Stop, Grant. Shadow. Stay there, Margot. Keep out of this. I'm going with you. There he goes, across the field. You can see the glowing skeleton running. Keep back, Margot. If you value your life. Why? What's the matter? Grant is running towards the high-tension wires on the road. If he gets too close to that tremendous current... Stop, Grant! Stop running! No one will ever stop me! No one will ever stop me! If you value your life, don't move another step! Stop! Stop! He's dead. Well, let's get back to town and notify Commissioner Weston, Margot. Oh, Lamont, it was awful. Be electrocuted that way. Perhaps it was just as well, Margot. But, Lamont, I just can't understand it. What happened to Steve Grant? He was experimenting on a radioactive salt called thorium. Thorium? Oh. So that's why the mention of the god Thor put you on the right track. Yes, Margot. Grant apparently became infected with enough radium salt to poison him. When he first saw the skull grinning at him, it was his own face he saw in the bathroom mirror. Oh. Dr. Harrison must have explained the truth to Grant. Grant turned desperate and tried to raise money to leave to his wife. And he killed Dr. Harrison before the doctor could tell the police the truth about the burning skeleton. Yes. But I should have realized the truth sooner. Naturally, radium emanations are the only thing that can make a man's bones shine in the dark. Radium explains how Edwards's photographic plate was exposed. Radium accounts for the diamonds that turn color. Radium emanations change the color of precious stones. So when you had that news broadcast made about his wife being at Mansion House, you knew it would track him. Of course. His only thought was for his wife. 
That's the explanation of the sound she heard that night he vanished. She heard poor Steve crying hysterically. When she got up and opened her door, she didn't see a skeleton kidnapping Steve. She saw poor Steve leaving. I don't think it's poor Steve. Poor Mrs. Grant. Oh, don't worry about her, Margot. The shadow may be just, but he is also merciful. So the shadow is going to temper his justice with mercy? Yes. And the name of that mercy is Cranston's Bankroll. I shall return with further news of The Shadow. Next week, same time, same station, we bring you another strange and thrilling adventure in The Shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Be sure to listen. is produced by Red Johnston for Grace Gibson Radio Productions, a masterpiece of suspense.